Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, he has been pathetic. It's mm-hmm. just that simple. This brother has cost himself money. Just, you got to be honest about that, Big Perk. He's yep. cost himself money. Whatever yep. he was demanding and commanding, that has gone out the window. I'm not trying to say that the brother going to be in the poorhouse or he deserves some minimum salary. But what we thought of D'Angelo Russell has come crashing down to reality. That fantasy has come to an end. This is what's baffling to me. No, it hasn't. When the, when the Wolves made that trade for Mike Conley, we celebrated on this show. I mean, it was like, holy cow, they got something? They got something. This is amazing. They yep. sold high. He's, oh, he's shooting career high, three-point percent. It's great. But like like Stephen A. just said, this idea of what we thought D'Angelo Russell was has come crashing down. What did people think D'Angelo Russell was? The guy has been a terrible playoff performer. He's disappeared for years and years. I just kind of find it funny now that, like, now the national media and people that thought that that was a bad trade a few weeks ago or whatever, three months ago, are like, oh, 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 yeah, okay. I guess, I guess, yeah, you guys are right about D'Lo. It's amazing how the national perception of things, um, it becomes obvious that guys don't watch games a lot. Like, my guess is Stephen A. Smith has watched in the last five years, like, regular season two wolves games or three yeah. wolves games so he is so so like you hear the name d'angelo russell and it it's a pretty big name right so you're like oh d'angelo russell and then you see him play here here's my question off his point though did d'angelo russell did will it cost him more because he actually made a playoff run and flamed out so badly as a laker Will it cost him more than if he had just stayed here oh. and and the Wolves had just yes. gone out quietly? Yes. It's like instead of your shortcomings and failures just airing on local TV and, you know, it's, it's a little bit like Rudy Gobert, right, where, okay, because he was with the Jazz, maybe his shortcomings weren't as obvious because you're not watching him all the time. Like if it happens on the Lakers or the Warriors, which – for D'Lo, it has happened on both the Lakers and the Warriors to some extent. He never went to the playoffs with the Warriors, but when your shortcomings are on full display like that, dude, there's no way that guy gets anything close to a max contract, and I would guess his career might be better off actually going like overseas and dominating for a minute, taking a breather, and then coming back. He is a train wreck. Dude, he, and I have a couple of Wolves questions for you guys, Yep. but D'Angelo Russell... 
this was one of the considering how much he, he's a he's a max player. He's not a super max player, but he is a thirty million dollar max player. Yep. Considering his contract stature, I don't have a list in front of me, but this has to be one of the biggest disaster performances in playoff history relative to what a guy makes and what his stature is. He averaged six points per game against the Nuggets in that series. He was two for 15 from three, and the Lakers pulled him from the starting lineup after three games. He's a $30 million player. I'm I'm a killer, man. The Wolves held me back. I just need to be set free so I can fly. Like, well, (laughs) you will be now. (laughs) I, I think the Timberwolves have now found a selling point, and that's this. Join us, and you are in the NBA's witness protection program. So if you suck, People aren't really going to see it, and you can still get a good contract when you leave us. You it's know, the witness protection program. He's not the only one. In fact, okay, here's my first question for you guys. In retrospect, was the Gobert trade a lot better than people gave it credit for, for the Timberwolves? All right, here are the players, and I'm going to include I'm going to include the Conley deal too, so we can also lump D'Lo in this mix. Here are the players the Wolves traded in the Gobert and D'Lo trades, or the the Gobert and Conley trades, where you got Gobert and Conley. So Walker Kessler, we'll give you that one. Walker Kessler looks like a good, young, promising, yep. double-double, you know, waiting to happen, rim protector, I will not fight. It would be nice to have Walker Kessler making $2 million or whatever, right? Uh-huh. Jared Vanderbilt. So he was completely played off the court in the playoffs. He did not play one minute in game four against the Nuggets. When the Lakers said, we have to have this game right now or our season's over. They didn't just bench Jared Vanderbilt. They didn't just limit his minutes, try to hide him. They did not play him in the game for one minute last night. DNPCD, baby. Most embarrassing thing in basketball. In the biggest game of the year, yes. Uh huh. Speaking of DNPCDs, Malik Beasley. Played one minute in the entire series against Denver for the Lakers. He played 25 total minutes in the Warriors series in the in the round before. So he played 26 total minutes in their last two playoff series against the Warriors and the Nuggets because he just doesn't play defense. He's not the highest IQ player out there. He just he's there to shoot some threes on a Tuesday night in the regular season, right? D'Lo, we just talked about, one of the biggest disaster performances relative to salary in the history of the NBA playoffs. Patrick Beverly. So I I, I still love me some Pat Bev, but he's going to be 35 years old in like six weeks from right now. He had career-low three-point percentage, despite, despite, by the way, playing half the season with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. There's plenty of room for guys to hit threes, and he had a lot of wide-open looks. He didn't make threes. And he had a career-low player efficiency rating. So... You know, I'll take Pat Bev on my team, but he's not the same dude that he was a year ago or even three or five years ago. So it's never much like, and I I think ultimately this trade is going to end up probably being worse as far as its impact on the Wolves, but much like the Herschel trade, to me, it was never about the majority of players. It's about the draft picks. So if you had given up fewer draft picks, I would say, hell yeah. Um, Beasley does not surprise me. That does not surprise me one one bit that, that, that he was completely ineffectual. Um, D'Lo always has the possibility to collapse. The Vanderbilt one surprises me a little bit because he does bring or or you would thought you would have thought in a playoff 
series. He brings such an energizer bunny um, ability off the bench and is good athletically and can get boards and stuff. So that surprised me a bit. But none of those players, um, their lack of contributions shocked me. And Vanderbilt's about the only one that I thought, as far as the guys that got traded from the Jazz to the Lakers, I thought it would still be nice to to have him. Now Walker Kessler to me is a different story, but that's more of the draft pick itself. Like like that more that should be lumped in more, I think, with the draft picks than the actual players who were traded. So no, I think what makes this trade alarmingly scary at this point in time is far more the picks. The players don't surprise me one bit. And a guy like Beasley, I never liked him, so I was always glad to get rid of him on Pat Bev. The thing that he brought was a veteran presence that I liked. It was never really the performance there. It, Conley it kind of brings that now. Yeah. Though, right? and like, Con- yeah. Yeah. And Conley. Oh, I forgot. They also traded Leandro Balmaro, who we looked at as, oh, this is this young <laughs> oh, Euro- European toolsy player. Yeah, nah. So he scored six points. Yeah. This season. Like <laughs> yeah, he never- scored six points the whole season. He He's 22. Player, couldn't even get on the floor for the Jazz. Yeah. So if it comes down to it, again, are, are all these players as worthless as you know it turned out? I would say Malik Beasley is, and quite frankly, at the price or any price, I would. I'm I'm, I'm just like I would never want D'Lo on any team that I root for. Yeah. Real quick aside, because I've gotten this question: you know, guy like D'Lo lives rent free in your head, or why do you why do you guys talk about D'Lo so much? I wouldn't talk about D'Lo with nearly as much vitriol if he didn't do that stupid-ass Q&A with The Athletic like three weeks ago. He could have just gone about his playoff failures or whatever, just, all right, cool, man, you're in L.A. doing your thing, that's great. Try again with your fifth team in you know, eight years. Go get him, good luck. But for him to, in the middle of a playoff run, to do a Q&A soloing out the Timberwolves, saying that the Timberwolves held me back, that I'm like I'm more than a number three option. The Lakers were begging for a number three option in this series, and you couldn't even stay on the floor. So for him to do that in the middle of the playoffs and and call out the Timberwolves for holding him back, it's like, dude, you deserve every bit of criticism that comes your way from every direction. But then he came back and said something like, "I enjoyed my time there." But it, it's double speak. It's it's D'Lo. I I don't think that he is a guy who for, forget for a second the on the court struggles. D'Angelo Russell's a guy you don't want in your room. It's that simple. Um, because he is he carries enough weight that I think guys look up to him at times. And he is a guy who is a counterproductive, um, as Dex can attest. The Wild has had plenty of these guys. Um, well, I thought I, you were going to say Dex is one of those guys for a no, second. No, no, Dex can attest. As Declan can attest to yeah. as a locker room cancer. No, oh. no, no. What I'm saying is we saw Jacking that. up shots. It's the same. It's the same crap. Suter does. I mean, he made a terrible play two nights ago, and post game was asked what happened, and said, "You, you saw the play, the right? Uh, then you the know. You know. It you know. Happened, it's yeah. like <laughs> shut up, shut up, and actually accept responsibility. <laughs> and in Delo's case, don't double speak, man. Don't on one point say, "Well, the Wolves held me back, so you didn't enjoy your time there." No, I actually liked it a lot. You know, that's the thing that drives me crazy. These fake. These fake guys that think they can lead they can't lead um but again to your question phil it comes back to me the draft picks the draft picks not the players yeah it's still it's still a bad trade in my opinion um 
it's definitely worse than I thought it was going to be, especially when they first made the trade. I was definitely on board with it. Uh, but I think Rudy Gobert with his max deal and with him just being such a limited NBA player, it's it's a bad trade. Walker Kessler could do exactly what Rudy Gobert is doing for a fraction of the cost, and you still, by the way, would have, theoretically, all the other first-round picks that you traded away. So I, I th- it's it's still a bad trade. I, I wouldn't go back and... Um, I, would, I would love to go back and probably undo it, uh, but I, I, I would rather take my chances that you're going to find solid players in the first round of the draft, at least one of those, or if not two of those four picks that you gave up, right? Those could come back and actually be legitimate players for you. I would Can say I? this about the picks. Just one quick thing yep. about the picks. Yep. There's you, you gave up, and I, I'm losing track of like what was the – I think there was like three actual first-rounders. There's some swaps. And right? then like two pick swaps, or it was four first-rounders and one, one pick, pick swap. swap. Four first rounders, one pick swap. So four first rounders and one pick swap. But a lot of those are going to wind up being just kind of role player crap shoots anyways. It's not like you're giving up the number two overall pick four different times. So uh, that's the difference between maybe the NFL and the NBA is that like dra- to me, dra- draft picks, especially when you already have young players like Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels, which was part of the calculus here, hang on to Jaden, give up a future first round pick you're better off using those picks as trade bait in most cases than just drafting more young players at the 18th or 20th pick or whatever it's going to be. So, yeah, I'm I'm not here to say it's a great trade. I am here to say some of the players we were wringing our hands about literally could not even be played in a playoff game when the season was on the line, and that's very interesting. My hands were clean. Didn't ring them once about those players. Didn't like most of those players except for like one. Um, I would like to recklessly speculate, though, and give you guys a new working theory on that trade. The Gobert trade. Reckless speculation. I thought of this because of the fact that I saw that, not surprisingly, and it's probably going to be counterproductive, the guy that bought the Suns basically has come in and taken of what was a really nice crafted team. He's fired the coach. He's made moves. He clearly wants to be involved. You know, I was trying to think to myself, why has Tim Conley been such a dud? Like, why does he do so? Like, he is president of basketball operations. I'm not saying he should run to cameras, but I am saying only occasionally, like, like going on the flagship. It's, like, very, been very odd that he's been so quiet. What do you guys think of this? Have we not been given, and I'm connecting dots here now, okay? So, again, reckless mm-hmm. speculation, but this connecting is safe space. dots. This is safe space. Yep, exactly You're right. You're good. Have we... So we know for a fact that the Tim Conley hire was driven really not by Glenn, who had no idea who Conley was. Mark Laurie was the guy who was basically the driver of we should go get this guy. And by the way, pay Tim Conley a boatload. Are we underestimating Mark Laurie's possible involvement in the actual acquisition of Gobert, whose acquisition created excitement? There, ergo, more tickets are being sold because all of a sudden in the middle of the summer, you've got this big name. And I'm not saying he's great. I'm just saying it's a name. Yeah. Are we are we selling this like we haven't ever, I don't think, examined it from that. And I certainly didn't until I was I read the thing on the Suns owner. And then I'm like, you know, this sounds sort of familiar. Are we selling it short that Conley might be ducking us? And by us, I, I mean the media as a whole because he basically came here and as part of a conversation with the guy who hired him was told we need to make a splash we need to make a splash and you did and you probably sold tickets 
I just, I find it, I, I feel like there's more here. I feel like there's something else here. And I wonder if that, if I'm at least going down, sniffing around the right path. So I don't, I'm not reporting anything here. I'm, I will also just sort of connect some dots. Where I'd push back at you a little bit is, and I, I guess I can report this. I was told when Lori came on board, he was a, he, he was a, you know, sort of, he didn't know anything about basketball. Like he came on board and, and he had, he asked people in his circle to recommend basketball books and movies that he could watch to just catch up to speed on basketball culture. And, and this is kind of how he operates as a businessman too, and an entrepreneur in his, in his career. He goes and just does a crash course in something that he feels like is a fruitful business opportunity, learns it from the ground up, and then boom, builds a multi-million dollar, billion dollar empire. He's done that a couple different, I think maybe three different times. So do I think that Mark Laurie came in with a bunch of educated basketball opinions? I think Matt Ishbia, the Suns owner, who played for Tom Izzo at Michigan State 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. that guy's a huge, he's a rich basketball fan. So, of course, he comes in having, again, played in the Big Ten. He's been a basketball guy for 20, 30 years. He's got some takes. He's going to come in and kind of feel like, I'm actually kind of a president of basketball operations because I love this sport. I don't think Laurie came in with anywhere near that level of basketball acumen enough to say, all right, now that I own the team, we're going to make a trade for Rudy Gobert. I don't think that's what happened. Here's where I will speculate. I agree with that, yes. Did... Connolly come in and they were whining and dining in A-Rod's penthouse in New York. And they're, you know, they're talking about this huge life change. Hey, you've got our support, whatever you want to do. We want to get to the next level. We want to be a premier organization. And then he gets the job and then conversations start happening behind the scenes. Wow. We have an opportunity. Let me, Hey, Mark, Alex, Glenn, if you're uh, awake from your nap, I just got off the phone with Danny Ainge, and Rudy Gobert is available. Mark, let me explain to you who Rudy Gobert is for a second, okay? Because I know you're pretty new to the basketball scene. He's the best defensive big man in the last 10 years in the NBA. He's an automatic 50-win presence in in the regular season by just being Rudy Gobert. Here's what it would take. Like, Do I think that maybe Tim Connolly floated the idea and got the new ownership excited about something? And maybe they – again, this is all just speculation here. But the story makes sense. Right? I agree with you. That there, oh, there's where you I are empowered agree. to go big. We're thinking yes. we're gonna. We are big game hunting. Go big, Tim. Go, go, yes. do it. Yes, I'm not saying it, just to be uh, extremely clear here that Lori ever said go bear. I'm saying in the midst of the conversations, Alex and Mark both said we need to make a splash. This team is sort of tired. Our fan base. We're we're trying to make a splash here. And Tim Conley then says, hey, I'm your guy. I can look at, like, like here are three big names. And Gobert was on that, that list. So, yeah, I'm not trying to apply that Mark is trying to be the GM or president of basketball operations. I am saying, are we, are we deferring too much of this completely onto Conley's plate when it was really an organizational decision that this would help to increase interest in the off season and also move product at that time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. And that brings me to my next question about sort of looking forward that I want to throw at you guys. And this question sort of speculative is presented by our friends at underdog decks. So if you're, uh, if you're going through and you're watching NHL and NBA playoffs, baseball, there's no shortage of things 
to get your sweat on over at Underdog right now. Yeah, you got uh, NBA Finals. You got the Cup Finals that are coming up, too. You're wrapping up the Western Eastern Conference uh, stuff in the hockey, so you can mix and match those. So you can uh, get a, a simultaneous sweat uh, on the ice and on the court. And also some pick em options in PGA as well. It was a tough weekend for Dex Tweets in the PGA Championship. Tough place to uh, bet some over-unders on. But that's the game. That's the sweat at Underdog Fantasy. You can join with promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. They'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app, the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. And no relation to uh, Chris Finch, I don't think. Maybe if you go back far enough, Finch Home Solutions has lineage to the Chris Finch family. But we know that, that the Finch Home Solutions can help you with uh, anything around your home that you may need help with. And for, first of all, if you're a fan of the purple, imagine that truck showing up in front of your house, and okay. you're like, yeah, bro, it's 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 the Viking mobile. No, no, no. It's as close as you can get, though. It's Finch, which is your answer for all electrical work, installation, repair, or any other services. Storm damage, guess what? Finch can fix that, too. I, I used Finch a few months back, came to my house, and I'm going to tell you right now, I had a basement light in my laundry room that was out. They fixed it, and they were fast, efficient, and courteous. And right now, if you need anything done electronically around your house, 612-357-2604 or finchhomesolutions.com. Cody and his team do outstanding work. Finchhomesolutions.com is where you can contact them to get that work done. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Okay, should the Wolves consider running it back? more today than maybe when they were bounced from the first round of the playoffs. I think when they, when they lost that series to Denver, it just, it, everything just felt meh. It, it, your Rudy Gobert had just punched Kyle Anderson a few days earlier. And, you know, Anthony Edwards throws the chair and Jade McDaniels broke his hand. And the, the, everything just felt like a grind for this team. Carl Anthony Towns was some of the same antics in some of those games, right? But if you look back now at the Western Conference playoff bracket, I think it's fair to say the Wolves gave Denver more of a fight than Phoenix and the Lakers did. Without Jade McDaniels or Nas Reed playing in the series, by the way. So let's go through for a second. The Wolves led late in the fourth quarter of game. They got smoked in game one. And the and the Nuggets have put some major beatdowns on a lot of teams in these playoffs. But So the Wolves, they dust themselves off. Game two, they have a lead late in the fourth quarter with like four minutes to go in game two. It slips away. Game three was a close game late. They were It was like a five-point game late in the fourth quarter. All right, now we're down 3-0. They come back and they win game four with the season on the line. They could have just given up, gone home, shorthanded. Kyle Anderson wasn't playing. Like Maybe he missed game four. I can't remember, but he got hurt, right? Um, so they win game four, which is more than the Lakers with LeBron and AD can say because they got swept. And then they have a 13-point lead in game five with a chance to bring it back for a game six, and they wind up blowing it chance to tie at the buzzer even, and they'll wind up losing on the road. So they, they they put up a fight without two of their best rotation players. The Suns won two of the games in their series, but they were run out of the building in three of the losses, and depth issues are not easily solvable for a Suns team that just 
nuked all of its depth in that trade. So I guess, do you feel better about the Wolves as constructed going forward, looking at the rest of the West and how they fought the Nuggets compared to Lakers and Suns? No, not at all. Um, no, I, first of all, I think that they will, I think that the team is going to run things back. Okay. So just to be very, to be clear, my personal opinion is that they are going to give this a second chance. I would very much be exploring, trying to make up for some of what I lost in the Gobert trade with a trade of cat, because I am essentially with cat Phil, where you are with Delo at this point. He is a superior player, I get that, but the antics, the locker room stuff, just the whole thing, I would be trying to recoup some draft picks. I would be trying to get more chemistry. I think the call to build around Ant is exactly right, and that's what this team should be doing. Is that possible with Gobert and Cat here? I don't think so. So, no, I don't. The The failure of other teams against the Nuggets and the fact that the Wolves were more competitive for select games, certainly in their series, does not change my thinking of the direction that this franchise needs to take. They need to make some type of change. And I, I you saw the ceiling, I think, of this team. And I get that there was sometimes injuries and ineffectiveness and scheme fit and just trying to mesh all these core players together. But I, I don't think you can run it back and not expect, uh, I think you can only expect probably a 42-40 win team. You know, the 50 wins that was set at the over-under, basically, or 49 and a half that was set going into the season was lofty. And we all thought, oh, okay, this should probably work. Fell pretty short of it. So I think there has to be some type of, of change. And to Judd's point, is that a cat trade? Maybe. Um, but they have to make some type of change. Because if they don't, I just see them as another 40 to 43 win team in the West. See, what's interesting is the pushback to this is, well, wait a second, Cat missed 53 games. He's one of your three best players. If you if you know if you finished above five hundred with Cat missing fifty three games, isn't that worth something? Well, they played I think a game under, or let's just call it they played five hundred with Cat and Cat historically in eight years in the NBA, the Wolves are sixty games under five hundred when he plays. So I'm not I'm not sure you put Cat back in for those fifty three games. I don't think it means oh my god you're going to be fifteen games above five hundred in those fifty three games. So I'm skeptical of that. My biggest concern would be you use injuries and just like the general chaos of trying to get everyone gelled together as an excuse to run it back again. And you get back to the playoffs. Maybe you're the sixth seed this time around. Is the glass ceiling still very strong above your head and you, and you mistimed, you know, maybe selling high on a Carl Anthony towns or something. So I just feel like if you, if you run it back, I, I do think they will be better if given health, I don't know how high the ceiling is. And I think you're just going to be asking yourself some of the same questions in a year from now, which is, is Chris Finch the coach? Right. Can Cat and Gobert really coexist? And then Gobert all of a sudden is, you know, 32 years old. So I guess I will say, looking at the rest of the Western Conference and the way that Denver kind of rolled through the Lakers in a lot of ways, and the, the, the way that they just blew the doors off the Suns three different times in that series, I would feel a little better if they decided to run it back, that it won't be a total train wreck because I think you have enough professionals in the room and Mike Conley, and so we'll see. I would prefer they do something this summer, something substantive, but you know, made me feel a little bit better watching watching the rest of those uh, those playoff games. If I'm Tim Conley, I have deep regret watching the Nuggets celebrate last night. My God, I know we talked about that yesterday, but how do you how do you watch that if you're Tim Conley and not feel like, damn. 
the team I built is about oh, to win probably a championship. Taking credit, probably like, look at what I did. Hey, Laurie, look at what I did there. Yeah, but I'll you do don't. But you week. don't. You get some credit, but you don't get a ring. At the end of the day, if they yeah. win that championship, it was not under your jurisdiction. That's yeah. the crazy thing. He was there for sure. ten years. So, all right, we got to uh, we got to get to Doogie here. A little bonus scoop session on a Tuesday. And uh, if you're wondering, as you're watching this, maybe you're wondering where's Purple Daily today. We're going to be a few hours later recording Purple Daily because Judd's got to get out there with the field goggles and scout OTAs. So you can check that out later on this afternoon. You got them nearby? Stella, get me my field glasses. 